What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at Yarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Very excited to bring on our guest today, none other than Buccaneers.com staff writer and senior digital content coordinator, Carmen Vitali. Carmen, how are you doing today? You're really good at that, the, the oh. intro thing. I have, to, I have to commend you on it. Oh, well, thank you very much. I have, I have lots of practice at this point. <laughs> at this point, yeah, you guys are well past 200 episodes, right? Yeah, Scott was actually on uh, on our 200th episode, and then before we did this, we had a uh, we had another podcast that we did. Um, it was only once a week, but you know, still kind of you get into that groove. David is not a fan of doing the introductions, so I just kind of I, I take over. <laughs> well, but you can't really blame me having to try to follow what you do every day. So, <laughs> yeah, trust me, I wouldn't want to start it either. <laughs> All right. Well, Karma, we really appreciate you uh, you joining us for for a few minutes here to discuss, you know, the the Bucks and, and we're getting so close to the start of the NFL season. And mm-hmm. you know what? You know, just to kind of start it off, yeah. How are you gauging things so far this year, as far as you know, the team chemistry and and how things have been going, you know, within the confines of one buck place. Um, I mean, this is really my first, as you guys know, my first um, training camp where I'm covering the team in this capacity. Um, But as far as what I see around the building and guys, you know, working together and helping each other out, I mean, there are so many, and I I don't know if this kind of contradicts itself, but there are so many leaders on this team that I feel like you can kind of point to any one position group and you can say, well, that guy leads, you know, this kind of way. And then another is kind of maybe he's a little bit less vocal or, or, you know, what have you. But it just seems like everyone is really cohesive. Um, if you go into, like, the dining room when these guys are eating and having lunch, like, there's no discrepancy between, like, what table. Like, there's no, like, positional tables or anything like that. Like, everyone just kind of congregates together. It doesn't matter if they're veterans, if they're rookies. You know, again, offense, defense, it's like everyone just kind of has meshed really well from what I can tell. Um, and I mean, all the guys just seem to be like really excited and kind of raring to go here. So speaking of, of leadership, Carmen, it's, it's pretty interesting because we both had, uh, articles get posted today on our respective websites about Vernon Hargraves and the comments that coach Mm -hmm. Cutter made about his, uh, kind of emerging leadership presence and the way I took it. Um, um, so we, it's funny. We actually both use the same quote as well. Uh, your first quote in your piece is the, is the quote that I really honed in on, um, and I kind of went the angle of, like, this could be how Vernon Hargraves starts to kind of redeem himself in the eyes of the fan base. But you took a more personal mm-hmm. look at it and, and from your observations of what you've seen. And just for our listeners who maybe haven't made it over there uh, to the website yet and read that, I was wondering if you can kind of hit on that and kind of what you've seen as, as far as what Dirk Cutter was talking about with his, his leadership and his development during uh, camp. Yeah, I mean, I think that maybe um, Coach's comments came as kind of a surprise given um, kind of Vernon's history the last couple of seasons. And, you know, he's been battling through injuries and everything like that. But, um, I mean, when he's healthy and he's out, I mean, even when he's not healthy and when he was sidelined for a few days there, um, he's always so involved in the position group itself. 
and he's always the first guy to like slap another guy on the helmet or like he has this like maniacal laugh which is like we've had him mic'd up before <laughs> and it's hysterical to listen to and it makes you just like it's almost like a hyena like he yeah. that's how he laughs but he's just so like boisterous and he he's infectious is what he is um and you know that's just kind of his personality is like he's very like you notice him you know i think i mentioned in my article like he shows up to practice sometimes in like these neon tennis ball colored cleats with like the matching headband and the gloves and everything like that and it's just like that's who he is and he is completely owning it and he uses it to encourage others and kind of like bring them out of their shell and you know he's been so great i mean the secondary has now the three um draft picks so it's it's kind of a young group now and despite the fact that he has only been this is only his third season with the team he's kind of looked up to now as a veteran for these guys and He's just, you can see him, you know, talking to them on the sidelines and, or like in between drills or when they're doing individuals. When they're doing individual drills, he's like the first one out, like in, in front of the line, like showing them how it's done. And he, I think it's also coming from the fact that he has a little bit more confidence, I want to say, going into the season. Um, you know, he had the success inside at Nickel last year and he kind of found his groove there. And I think that he can kind of build outwards. Whereas, you know, we, the team initially kind of put him outside, obviously wanted him to be that kind of shut down, locked down corner on the outside and then work his way in. And I think that now that he's kind of been inside and he's working his way out, I think that's kind of helping him gain more confidence and therefore play a lot better and be more comfortable to take on this kind of role. Yeah, he, he certainly looked good on, on Friday night against the Lions, had a couple of key pass breakups. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of them, you know, you could you could definitely say that he got away with a little bit of pass interference. I had a Lions friend, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. a Lions fan friend of mine point that out, uh, to which I rebuttaled the botched fumble challenge as well as OJ's ghost mm-hmm. offensive pass interference. But Ghost offensive pass, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the, and don't forget the Mike Evans, the Mike Evans OPI too. Like there, there were calls going both ways. <laughs> yeah, apparently OJ Howard is going to get flagged this season for being a truck of a human being. Um, but yeah. you know, Hargraves does seem to have kind of this, you know, newfound confidence, which I think he really needs, and I think the fans need to see that because he has been criticized so much. He was a first-round pick. He has struggled at times, and it's nice to see him kind of building on that and and taking mm-hmm. on that leadership role. Now, somebody else who is you know, a very obvious leader and took on that leadership role from day one who is not going to be there for the first three weeks of the season, of course, is Jameis Winston. And we've seen mm-hmm. Jameis in this preseason – at a different level. I mean, he's been absolutely incredible and and people can make the argument that some of the times he's been going against the second team, but regardless of if you're going against the first team or the second team, we're not seeing the stupid mistakes. We're not seeing, you know, these boneheaded plays that he tends to make, even though that, that pass to Chris Godwin that ended up being a touchdown (laughs) was one of those, Oh no, Jameis moments. I still contend that he saw the flag and figured it was a free play, but you know, can Jameis, and you tweeted out earlier today that Coach Cutter had said that 
uh, Jameis has a very well thought out plan for while he's away from the team so that he'll be ready when he comes back. Can he carry over this momentum that he's gained in the preseason of just this next level play that he's had? Or are, do you feel we're probably going to see a little bit more of the normal Jameis where he's going to take those chances and make some of those mistakes? No, I mean, I think that this is something sustainable because I think this is something he's been building towards in the first place. So, I mean, if you look at the difference between him last year, even those last few games where he was finally healthy and he wasn't dealing with his shoulder issue anymore, um, from then even till this training camp, I mean, he's been working in the offseason constantly. I mean, he is so incredibly dedicated. I saw him around the building all the time in the offseason, and he's he, – he just eats, sleeps, and breathes the stuff. So I think it's something that's being built up. And it's not something that, you know, is just temporary or, you know, now there's all kind of a little bit more scrutiny around him. He's trying to, you know, be even better. I think that whatever the other circumstances were, he would have been working this hard and gotten to this point either way. So, um, you know, he made that steady improvement in offseason. And so I don't see how three games away, you know, however many weeks it is away is going to deter him from, you know, continuing to grow. And I I mean, I think he knows kind of now he's been in the routine enough that he knows what he has to do to stay on top of his game and to continue to get better. Um, One thing that was brought up to me uh, by actually a friend of mine who is a coach, not for the Bucks, but, um, we were, I was talking to him about the whole, you know, people are kind of coming down on Jameis for being, the, you know, going against, you know, second team guys. And, you know, oh, he's, he's also playing on his side of the ball with, you know, the third team or whatever it is. But it was brought up to me that this is actually making him better in certain ways because when you're not around veterans, you have almost no room for error. You're the, you're the veteran. You're the one that has to call the shot. You're the one that has to know everything that's going on. You know, you can't rely on your center to help you with certain identifications. You know, if you're calling, you can't help call on your receivers to know exactly, you know, make, making adjustments and, and, you know, identifying who's hot and who's not. Um, you can't do that when you're with guys that are younger and not as experienced. With veterans, you can. So with him practicing with the younger guys, I think it really helped him be more accountable for his position and for the entire offense, which I think helped him grow too. Yeah. I think we've all been really excited with what we've seen so far from Jameis and we're all in, in, anxiously waiting uh, for his return. I mean, Scott and uh, Scott and I and James talked about this last time he was on the show and, and I kind of want to get your thoughts just as a kind of a little bit of a sidebar, but I feel like this fan base has wanted to get really excited, but because of last season has kind of been holding back. But now that the preseason has mm-hmm. gotten underway and we've seen some positive things and, and we've seen some really good things from the team, I kind of feel like that excitement is, is coming out a little bit. Um, I don't think it's going to ramp up to where it was last year, but I kind of feel like it's, it's getting there. How do you, how do you feel about uh, hype and, and preseason and, and all that? Yeah, I think that, I mean, there's definitely certain units that are standing out more than others, and they're the ones that should be standing out at this point. I mean, you see, when you think about the standout guys, you think about, like, the depth at receiver, and then you think about our whole new defensive line. And I think that that's caused for people to get excited on kind of an individual basis. Um, and I, I'm actually glad that there's not as much hype around it because, I mean, I can only imagine – 
the as much as guys say, yeah, no, we're not listening to the noise, this, that, and the other thing. When you're on a nationally broadcast TV show, you know, for Hard Knocks, and all of a sudden, like, I mean, I had, I'm not from Tampa, and I'm not from Florida, so all of a sudden, I had people, like, that I knew from across the country, you know, back back home in Chicago, or, you know, I lived in Phoenix for a while. I had people, like, all over the place being like, oh, hey, the Bucks, and they would have never known anything about this this team had it not been for that show. So you have this spotlight, you have, you know, just that extra level, and I can't imagine that doesn't affect you in in some way, as much as, I mean, they're never going to say that, and they're always going to want to say, no, it doesn't affect us, no, it, you know, we don't care about the hype, we don't listen to that. But, I mean, if me as, like, an ancillary, very peripheral person is getting hit up by people that I haven't talked to in weeks or months or whatever about the team that I work for, I can only imagine what it's like for these guys. So I'm really glad that we're kind of flying under the radar a little bit more (laughs) this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, people can start to get more excited as the regular season ramps up. And especially, um, you know, the first three, four games are not going to be easy. So if the excitement can build then, I'll be happy. Yeah, well, I'm I'm super excited to see things get rolling in the quote-unquote real games. So – uh, and, and part of that excitement is the running back group. And it's been kind of a mixed bag so far this preseason. Uh, so I kind of wanted to get your take on it because, I mean, Peyton Barber's been running really well. I don't know if I've ever seen a running back. I mean, he, he ran pretty well at the end of last season. But from mm-hmm. what I remember seeing at the end of last year to what I'm seeing in the preseason, and I got that it's preseason, he looks like he has improved almost exponentially. Uh, and then, of course, mm-hmm. you've got Ronald Jones and some of his struggles. You've got Jaquiz Rogers being the steady veteran. You got the rookie upstart. I mean, what what's your take on just the running back room right now? I mean, it is. It's a total mixed bag. Um, but I think that all of these pieces are – they're different in a lot of ways, and I think they're complementary, more importantly. Um, but I also want to make sure to kind of acknowledge the fact that we got better at, on the offensive line. Um, you, you know, it's been kind of a little injury-ridden as of late. But, I mean, as far as who is – supposed to be the starting five um i think that we got exponentially better up there which is opening up more lanes and opening up this running game i mean i mean you saw peyton barber even with the piecemeal offensive line um in the game on friday that first series was all him i think the you know the bucks opened up with three straight you know running plays peyton barber and he got him to midfield um and then once inside the red zone they let him take over again and, and lo and behold it was that 14 yard low scamper into the end zone um what i want to like at least just caution people about um as far as getting make drawing conclusions about ronald jones um it really is a transitionary period for especially a guy like him because he is being asked to do so many different things than he was in college i think he had 14 catches his senior year because that was just not something the USC offense did a whole lot, was, you know, I was passed to their running back. Um, I did get a chance to talk to his college offensive coordinator, T. Martin, at USC for an article I did. And, you know, he acknowledged that that was kind of a knock. And he even said that, you know, Rojo doesn't exactly have the natural hands that you would, you know, that pass catchers have. But he makes up for it in how much he works at it. And he's like, he never dropped a pass in a game for USC. So he's like, I never had an issue calling a play, running, or you know, and, and passing to him, whether it be third down, whatever scenario. He's like, I was always comfortable with it because 
he worked at it and he worked at it and he worked at it. And as soon as the game starts to slow down a little bit for him I, and he kind of gets into the groove of what is expected of him, um, I think that you'll see a vast improvement. And, I mean, that's really what the preseason is for, is to get adjusted, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, it was a, it was a hit to the – uh, to the passing game for the running back position when Charles Sims went out and, you know, the, the right. Buccaneers had brought in, you know, uh, it was uh, Terrence West. They brought him in for a visit and, you know, you kind of hope to see Ronald Jones take on that pass catching role, but it seems like that's a ways away for him. So you're looking at Peyton Barber taking on that role as well, or, you know, Jacquez Rogers on, on some third downs. So, you know, the, the running say, backs, you know, isn't, isn't no, no, not at all. And, and, you know, we, we love Jacquez Rogers and, and we were fortunate mm-hmm. enough to have his wife, Samantha on the show um, a few months ago. And, and she's just an absolute sweetheart. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, you look at the running backs and it was a, a position that so many fans were so excited about because of Ronald Jones coming in, Doug Martin going out and you know it's, it, there's kind of been this deflation among fans that you know Ronald Jones isn't working out the way that they thought he was going to but to your point you know it's going to take a little bit of time because of all the things that he's taking on and the learning curve that goes with it and Peyton Barber is showing you know that he's just going to be absolutely incredible this season if he can continue on this pace he he did really well at the end of last mm-hmm. season now he's picking up right where he left off and improving on that mm-hmm. Now, ESPN mm-hmm. you know, released their their top 100 list, you know, different from the NFL Network's top 100, of which there were zero Buccaneers in the top 100 as voted right. on by players. Now, ESPN took all their all their experts, and we had three Buccaneers make the list: Gerald McCoy at 46, right. Mike Evans at 49, Levante David at 70. My question right. to you is. Do you get the feeling that anyone in the locker room may feel that they were snubbed off of this list? Because if I had to guess, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, but (laughs) if I was, I would say probably the most upset person about not being on this list, and he'll keep it internal because that's just the kind of guy he is, would be Brent Grimes. Brent Grimes is the kind of player who always plays at an elite level. He is still one of the best corners in the NFL he gets virtually no recognition at all. So I would guess that he's probably a little angry about this. But do you get the sense that there are any other players that are thinking, you know what, I should have been on that list? Or is it just motivation for the entire group that, you know what, we continue to be overlooked, we continue to be downplayed and disrespected? You know, it's our time to show these people exactly how wrong they are. I mean, I think that there are definitely some guys that have a chip on their shoulder. And I honestly think it's more – the difference here, and you just you just touched on it, was that the NFL Top 100 is voted on by players, and this one is voted on by quote unquote ESPN experts, NFL experts, right? I don't know that that the ESPN one carries the same weight for a lot of the guys because of the fact of who is doing the rankings. I think that they don't really even pay attention a lot of times to this kind of stuff. And if they do, it's definitely because they want their peers to respect them. So I think that the snub of the NFL top 100, where there was no Buccaneers on there, I think that that kind of would, would have riled up, you know, everybody. 
um, versus this one, which I don't know. I mean, it's great that, you know, finally a couple of these guys are getting recognized. Obviously, I want Levante to get as much attention as possible because he's amazing. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I don't think that this carries the same weight. Um, but I do think that, you know, these guys do have somewhat of a chip on their shoulder more because of last season and they know that they didn't live up to the potential that they had. And I think a really good example of that is Juan Alexander. And he is, I mean, he was a Pro Bowl, granted it was an alternate, but he was a Pro Bowl player this past season. And he's really taken that to heart, though. He's taken that honor to heart, at least from what I've seen this camp. He has been an absolute monster. I mean, he has been so physical. He has been so just, he is the big, the team's biggest hype man. I know I just said that Vernon Hargraves, like, is the first to, like, jump around and slap his, you know, his teammates on the helmet. But Juan is, like, on another level. He is, like, in the, even when they're running team drills and he's not in right then because it's the second or the third team, he's, like, halfway out onto the field already just, like, trying to, like, get to a guy that just made a good play. Like, he's and, – and when he's in, he's going 100%. He has had some insane – and I, I hesitate to even say, but, like, he's had some hits where you're like, dude, it's training camp, stop. <laughs> he's, he's, he, but he is, you can just tell that he is so ready to go. And he's taken that, you know, that Pro Bowl mentality with him. And he's like, no, this is expected of me now. I need to be the leader. I need to lead by example. I need to make sure that I'm on the same level, especially playing alongside a guy like Levante, who, you know, is very low key, but he's so good at what he does. So, yeah, I think that if anybody, it's actually probably going to be Quan. And, and I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned Quan too, Carmen, because that that goes right into my next question for you. Um, as as someone who's been watching Quan, you know, since since he came out of LSU with the Buccaneers, um, I, I mean, I remember, and I know he kind of carries that around with him is, is some of his player evaluations from from scouts and all that. And you know, he's a special mm-hmm. teams guy, and that's really all he's going to be early on in his career. And he goes from that to becoming right. a starter becoming a starter to becoming a captain from a captain to a pro bowler. And there have been some plays this year. And we kind of talked about this on one of our, our most recent episodes. Uh, when we talked about some, some angles with the defensive players and Quan was one of those culprits, unfortunately, where it, it almost felt like he was trying to get to the spot too fast, make the play too fast. And you see the motivation mm-hmm. in it, but at the same time, like sometimes, and you know how athletes are. And sometimes if, if, I mean, just normal people, we get too amped up and too ramped up to get something done we can actually, uh, I like to call it rush to failure, right? Is there a, is there a mm-hmm. threat, do you think, with Quan this year to make? I mean, because he's always been a very fast, you know, see the ball, get the ball, right? Um, and, and sometimes right. with players like that, they end up behind the play, and it's kind of acceptable because of how many plays he actually makes. Is there a potential this year for him to try to do almost too much? Or do you think that it's just kind of because it's all getting going so that the fire is real hot right now, and as we get towards the regular season, he's going to dial it in? Yeah, I think that he's there's there's some pent up energy there, um, and I think that you know it being the preseason, you don't want to. There's a lot of guys around him aren't going 100. percent So you know the guys, especially that are established and they know they're not going anywhere and they've got nothing to prove at this point. They just want to get out, you know, healthy. Um, you know, so I think that some of that is is due to a little bit of that. I think um, he has been a little out of position on certain plays and all that kind of stuff. But I also think that that's just you know a matter of the fact that they just installed that two days ago. You know, it's like either they're kind of still getting used to what everything's going to look like this year. Um, And I also think that 
you know, especially at the middle linebacker position and then Levante's the, the, the weak side, um, having this new line up front will change how they're able to play. They're going to be able to play in space a lot more and, to, you know, to handle that and go sideline to sideline a little bit more um, because they know that the pressure on the quarterback is going to be taken care of up front. Um, so I think that he, he is getting a little bit more adjusted to being able to not have to kind of overexert himself and, and go, you know, and, and do too much. Um, I think he, that's maybe what he got used to a little bit more, and now he's not having to do that as much anymore. So I really think that it'll be fine once the season kind of gets going um, and, and he settles down a little bit. Levante has told me, because um, they have a very brotherly relationship, and Levante is older, obviously. Um, but Levante has told me that he kind of has to rein Quan in every now and again. And Quan will be the first to tell you that he needs it, and he's glad Levante is there to do it. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's a good problem to have in a linebacker, though, right? It's better to have to rein him in than try to get him going. Oh, yeah, 100%. All right, well, Carmen, the last one that I have for you is in regards to something that DeMar Dotson said today, or on Monday, those that are listening to this, it's Tuesday now. Um, but he was, he was talking about kind of the, the atmosphere of training camp. And he said, and I'm going to go ahead and quote him. I have, I have the quote pulled up. I want to make sure I get it right. He said, we practice physical, we practice hard guys practice fast. So it definitely wasn't a cakewalk of a training camp. I think coach made an emphasis with himself to make camp more physical. And he definitely did a good job with that. We worked every day, full pads every day, guys banged every day. O-line, D-line with some good competitions going on. So it was definitely one of the most physical camps I've been in by far. Now, last year, you know, Dirk Cutter got a little bit of heat from the fan base, some outlets about how soft training camp was. He was putting the emphasis more on making sure they escaped training camp healthy. And, and although you weren't there for training camp last year, you've seen what they've done this year. Have you gotten a sense that this training camp was a lot more physical than last season or kind of what's your take on, on what dot had to say? Um, I mean, I think especially from dot's perspective, I mean, he is going up against the defensive line most, most often, right? If, if you have these, you have these one-on-one drills where you they pin two, the two position groups together against each other. And so you have a lot of new faces on that line and you've got a new coach that has a new ideology behind it and so I mean they do go like Buck does not let them off the hook at all I love listening to him in practice because he is just (laughs) he said something the other day like you know it's time to make each other work not be each other's friend or don't be each other's friend make each other work something like that and it, it really has spread even from like the defensive line and it carries over and these guys are they're going at each other and also I think some of it is when you're going against the same guy every time like over and over and over again you just kind of get sick of them yeah and so it kind of built up this like frustration in you that you're just like oh I just want to hit somebody else but you're the only thing in front of me so I'm going to hit you harder but um I mean like I said I saw Quan go real hard the whole time um I, you know, there was a really you know and there's there's a just there's just so much good competition and so i think that guys are all you know even the ones that are more established are actually trying to prove themselves you know that they can keep up and that you know they don't they don't want to be defined by what happened last year and i think that that's probably the underlying tone 
um, in this camp is that, all right, you know, things do need to be a little bit different and we do really need to, you know, buckle down and, and do something that, you know, is not, is going to help us not, you know, be like we were last year. Um, so, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, there's, there's something to be said. It's a catch 22, right? You know, you don't want to go too hard and, and risk injuries and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you also want to make sure that you're getting quality reps. And I think that that really came out, though, too, in the joint practices against Tennessee. Um, you know, you're finally going up against other guys in practice now. Um, and, you know, I, I think we all heard the, the reports and everything coming out that, you, that you know, the receivers were doing so well and the defensive line was, was, you know, dominating in certain aspects. So I would say that, yeah, I mean, it's been really physical and I don't think, you know, but I think it's been the right amount. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a quote that I, I enjoyed hearing uh, when, when Dotson's interview aired on, on Buccaneers.com, because that, that was a concern that, you know, they, they did take it so easy last year and went into the season and the injury started piling up anyway. And they just seemed to be, you know, out physical by, their their opponents so yeah hearing hearing about the physicality seeing some of the videos that have been posted on twitter throughout training camp it it definitely helps this cautious optimism that so many buccaneers fans are approaching the season with because they don't want to get their hearts broken again like they did last year yeah yeah so carmen that's that's really all we have for you you know, tonight we really appreciate you joining us and giving us some of your time. What do you have on tap at Buccaneers.com for everybody listening? Um, well, we are um, continuing the Behind the Buck series, but I, um, as you mentioned, my title, my title did change. And so um, I had, I got the, I got a promotion. Now I'm a full-time writer um, is basically what that title means. And, um, and getting to do a lot of the digital content side and, and promoting a lot of stuff. So um, a lot of our social initiatives and stuff like that I get to be involved in. Um, we have The Current, which should be airing currently. Uh, see what I did there. Um, about like Which is kind of our mini version of Hard Knocks that's, that's on the website. So I wanted to kind of plug that because that's really cool. It's totally produced in-house, and we just have some amazing people that are behind it. Um, but yeah, so if you guys are listening now, definitely go follow me now on Twitter. You can like I can I can plug it away. Oh, absolutely. So. <laughs> All right. Well, last, and of course. Oh, okay. Okay. That's right. That's right. I remember that now. And of course, you can follow mm-hmm. Carmen at Carmi V. That's C A R M I E and then the letter V. And follow all of her work over at Buccaneers.com. And make sure you're following everything that David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. And make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks at jayarco underscore bucks and at dh82 underscore bucks again a big thank you to carmen and thanks to each and every one of you for joining us right here at locked on bucks